0: I thought about maybe during my sermon sitting on that box, and when I wanted to make a good point, I would hit it, but then I decided not to do that. Turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew's account of the traditional Christmas story. Matthew and Luke are the ones who give us what we generally think of as the traditional Christmas story. John, on the other hand, gives us a kind of a theological approach. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word, referring to Christ, became flesh and dwelt among us. Of course, Mark begins with the life of John the Baptist. So today we want to begin in verse 18. This is a beautiful story. And it is an important story. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. And because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man... She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us if you had been a newspaper reporter in the year 1809 and happened to be in a little town called Hoggenville, Kentucky, you would have not taken notice that a man by the name of Tom Lincoln's wife had a son. It was not noteworthy because in Europe, Napoleon was waging war And that was the big news. Battles are always more important than babies being born. But we must know that in 1809, there were several people born that made their mark on the world. Oliver Wendell Holmes, Elizabeth Barrett Browning, Alfred Lord Tennyson, Felix Mendelssohn, And Tom's son, Abraham Lincoln, were born in 1809. The birth of Jesus was not reported in the Bethlehem times. This baby was put in a feed trough. Not much was noticed about him except the angels and holy God who sent his son. Because of Jesus... He literally changed the world. Up until a few years ago, we used to count our time. It's changed now because our nation generally is becoming more secular. But up until, say, 10 years ago, we always dated time, B.C., before Christ, and then A.D. in Latin, which means in the year of our Lord. There has been a recent move to get away from that because, I believe, it is rooted in what is Christian. But we know that when Jesus was born in Bethlehem, he changed the world by changing people one person at a time. And if you and I will be sincerely honest, we know that because of Jesus, He has made a change in our lives. He has called us out of darkness into His marvelous light. He was born in a little route to a town called Bethlehem, which in Hebrew means the house of bread. And remember in the Gospel of John, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. And indeed, We who have come to faith in Jesus Christ recognize the profound difference Jesus Christ makes in our lives. And so this morning before we go to the Lord's table to remember His death, let's pitch our tents a while at His birth. Because His birth was a miraculous birth. Four times in the text that I read, the Holy Spirit alludes to the fact that Jesus was born of a virgin. This is how the birth of Jesus came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Now what we call that is a virgin birth and not only does it say that here in verse 18 but also in verse 20 verse 23 and verse 25 tells us that the birth of Jesus was a miraculous birth and the question is why is it so important to believe that Jesus was born of a virgin let me hasten to say that until about 1979 or 80, there were a number of preachers in the pulpit of Southern Baptist churches who did not believe that it was important for Jesus to be born of a virgin. Now that may be hard to believe, but it's true. I graduated from Southeastern Seminary at Wake Forest in 1971. I will not forget the day. When I was sitting in some class, apparently we were talking about theology or something. I can't remember. And this young man in front of me, he turned around and said to me, I could care less if Jesus was born of a virgin. Even today, there are denominations who say they are Christian but do not believe that Jesus' birth was a miraculous birth and the reason is is because it is not logical and it defies science I say to you today that it is important because two or three reasons if we do not embrace the miraculous birth of Jesus what we do is to deny what the word of God says both in Isaiah and in Matthew and in other places The Bible, the Holy Spirit, the Word of God makes it crystal clear that Jesus, born in Bethlehem, came to us miraculously. And so to set it aside means that we simply do not believe the Scriptures because it defies our logic. It goes beyond what science teaches us. To deny The virgin birth denies the power of God. It is the power of God that goes beyond logic. It is the power of God that enabled Jesus to raise Lazarus from the dead. It is the power of God that created the universe. And if this great God can do that, he can bring about a virgin birth. Therefore, we who are Christians know that it is true But if we deny the virgin birth, we deny that God is all-powerful. And to say that God is not all-powerful leaves us in a dilemma about whether or not even the resurrection is true. I remember one day in a class that was being taught by an eminent scholar from England. And we were in the Old Testament. It was a class in Old Testament. And you remember the occasion where uh, Moses performed the miracle of the rod and the professor said, I could care less if that took place. He did not believe in the miracles of the Bible. And so I say to you today, as we get ready to celebrate Advent, as we think about what Christmas means to us, it is imperatively true that we must accept as fact that Jesus was born of a virgin. I think I put it in the notes that Harry Reasoner, he was a CBS newscaster decades ago, but he said this, Christmas moves beyond logic. It is either all falsehood or Christmas is the truest thing in the world. I choose that as my position. I believe that the virgin birth is true. I believe in the miracle of Christmas. I am a simple man. I do not understand a lot of things that I take for granted. Some of you probably understand the intricacies of electricity. I simply do not. But I will not sit in the dark until I do. I will flip the switch and dispel the darkness simply because I do not understand. There's a lot we may not understand. I like what Franklin Graham says on TV occasionally when he's talking about our need of Jesus as our Savior. And he says, I do not understand everything in the Bible, but I believe it all. And I do not understand everything in the Bible, but I believe that God is all-powerful. I believe that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. I believe that man is the crown of God's creation. I believe that every human life is sacred, and I believe the Bible is true. And so we must be careful that we do not deny the miraculous birth of our Lord because it speaks to the very character of God, the Holy Spirit, in giving us the Scripture. Secondly, at birth, this Christmas child was given a special name. In verse 21, listen to what it says. It tells us in verse 24... She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. I think probably you already know that the the name Jesus was not an uncommon name, not only in the day when Jesus was born, but even today. In the Hispanic world, there are a number of people who will be called Jesus But this was a special name because this was a special child born in a special way. And it means the Lord is salvation. The corresponding name to Jesus in the Old Testament is Joshua. The Lord saves. The Lord is salvation. And it was not Joseph or Mary who chose the name Jesus It was the counsel of Almighty God. It was the angel who said to Joseph, Call His name Jesus, for He will save His people from their sins. And it was Jesus in the book of Revelation who said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will open the door... The mission of Jesus was not just to be born and be put in a feed trough and to have some romantic concept of the birth of Jesus. Jesus was born because he is the Savior of the world. Jesus, uh, Nicodemus, was told by our Lord, Nicodemus, in all of your learning, what you need is to be born again. I think of what's happening in our world today and all the intellectuals that give us all their opinions and and the politician who promise all the things that they never bring to pass. What the world needs is to understand that God has given us a son and we call him Jesus. Why? Because he shall save his people from their sins. And so today, as we look forward to Christmas, we recognize that He has a special name because He was a special child given a sacred mission which ultimately went to the cross and shed His blood. And it was the resurrection that was God's response that Jesus' death was acceptable in His sight. And today we will go to the Lord's table. And by the way, we, we remember that on one occasion they said that it was the common people who heard our Lord. Oftentimes the people who think they are the smartest or the greatest or the best are the ones who reject the Christian faith. And it was the common people. Now the word common people in the New Testament doesn't really mean like it does today. We think of calling someone a common person. That's a pejorative term. That kind of puts them down. But in that day, it meant humble. It meant willing to listen. It meant not being arrogant. In other words, the person who is willing to humble themselves and become obedient as our Lord was to the cross his birth was linked to a manger and not a mansion. He was put in a feed trough, not in some special nursery. This one call his name Jesus. But that is not the only thing he's called. Jesus has another special name. But I like the song that Peter Phil Philpot wrote many years ago. Jesus Is the sweetest name I know, and he's just the same as his lovely name. Jesus is the sweetest name I know. I hope you agree with me today, folks, that we ought never to get over the majesty of the name Jesus. In our churches, we sing. About this man. Why? He was born to us in a miraculous way. He was given a special name. Call his name Jesus. But then it says also in verse 23 and the virgin will be with child. Notice that word virgin. And the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son. And they will call him name, his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Of course, you know, that is a quote from Isaiah. Isaiah was a prophet who worked and prophesied in Jerusalem for 50 years. But Isaiah said that there will be a son who will be born and you will call him Emmanuel. Which means that God is with us. And so what is the message of Christmas? It is the message that God has come to us. It is the message that God is wrapped in flesh. It is the message that in Philippians he emptied himself and came to earth and walked among us. But he was God because Jesus said, If you've seen the Father, you've seen me. Or if you've seen me, you have seen the Father. And so His name, Emmanuel, means that God is with us. God is with us. What does that mean? It means that it is a corollary to John 1.1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And I begin to think this week about the word beginning. In the beginning, in the billions and trillions of years down the Hallowed halls of eternity. There in the council of God, there was Jesus. Eternity, everlasting to everlasting. In the beginning, whenever that was. Billions and trillions of years. For you see, God has always been. That defies our logic. But God is greater than our logic. Man came into being at a special time, but God is from everlasting to everlasting. And then John said, in the beginning was the Word referring to Jesus. So where God was, Jesus was, because they are one. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And He says that He has come to us to be with us. And He gave sight to the blind. He raised the dead. He healed the sick. He multiplied the fishes. But the purpose of His coming on this Christmas 2023 is to remember His ultimate mission was to go and be our sin bearer. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I say to those of you today, maybe you are here and you're facing this Christmas, and it's the first Christmas since you've lost a loved one. Maybe this Christmas you're facing a life-threatening disease. Maybe this Christmas your heart is broken over a wayward child. Maybe this Christmas there's something that is an extra burden to you. The message of Christmas is that God is with us. Call his name Emmanuel because God is with us. And as I reflected on that this week, it occurred to me Not only is God with us, but God is for us. God loves us. He cares for us. Because you see, in this season of celebration, for some of us may be also a season of suffering. And so we sing, O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel, that morn is lovely exiled here until the Son of God appears. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come. Today I say to you what you already know. His name is Emmanuel. He is God with us. He is God for us. Therefore, he brings the wonderful news That God loves us and He cares for us. Well, I'm thankful today that as we think of Christmas and and maybe there are problems in your life everywhere I go. It seems like the older I get, the more people I meet who are carrying some special burden, some difficulty in their lives. Maybe too personal to share. But if we know the Lord Jesus, then our job is to recognize that the God who died for us is the God who is with us. He is the God who loves us. He is the God who's come to us. And he said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. My burden is easy. Oh, folks today, I'm grateful that as we celebrate this wonderful time of the year, with family and friends and gifts and singing and trees and all the rest, that the central message of Christmas is that God has come to us. His name is Jesus. His name is Emmanuel Day. Our day in which we live is a divided day. We are divided (coughs) in this nation. We seem to be divided in the world. I never thought I would live today to see America have such blatant, three-dimensional, anti-Semitic feelings. It's in our universities. By the way, did you know Harvard has been in our news uh, a lot? Um, it occurred to me that uh, it started, by the way, as a training school for preachers, Harvard. And in their little emblem, they have three books And it's called Veritas. That's a Latin word for truth. And those three books represent the Bible. Now, they don't tell you that, but that's what it began in in its beginning. And today, it is... uh, In other words, if you're smart, don't go to Harvard. (laughs) Because they just indoctrinate you. I said one time in a sermon at Franklin Heights, I said they... They teach more truth at an average Christian little grammar school than they do at Harvard University. Folks, we're living in a time that requires our prayers. The anti-Semitism bothers me. Folks, the Jews are the people that God has chosen. And there's a lot about prophecy I don't know. But you're always going to be on the safe side when you pray for Israel rather than being anti-Jewish. I grew up in a, a community that was multi I went to Savannah High School and there were kids there that were Polish and Greek and Jewish. Some of mine in my cl- uh, class was a boy's name, Aaron Levy. That's about as Jewish as you can get. Another one was named Jules Paderewski. In fact, one or two people thought we looked alike because of my nose. But my point I'm trying to make here is it was my life that was enriched because of that Jewish community. One of my first real jobs, I worked for the Rosenswags, two young men, and one of them eventually moved his family to Israel. There's a lot I don't know, but I do know that according to the word of God, Israel is the apple of God's eye. And it disturbs me, but at this date, this late date, we who are Christians, we celebrate the birth of our Lord. And so as I close, let me close with something that happened maybe 20, 25 years ago. We have one more week to Christmas, and I'm I'm sure everybody's got all their shopping done and all that, and that's great. But my wife and I, about a week or so before Christmas, it was a, a gentle rain that was falling, and we, we were coming out of the Outback restaurant. It was just almost dark. And this lady came into the parking lot, rolled down her window, and she said, Sir, could you tell me how to get to the mall? Well, of course, in my expert way of telling directions, I gave her how to get to the mall. And she went out of the parking lot and she would have had to been stupid not to find those good directions to the mall. And later on it occurred to me that a lot of people at Christmas time are looking for the mall but are missing the Messiah. And folks, in all that we do at Christmas, I'm not against the mall. I'm not against gifts. I'm not against buying your grandchildren, all that stuff they'll get rid of in a week or two. I'm not against that. But, oh, folks, let's don't know where the mall is and forget where Jesus is. The mall and the Messiah. Christmas is about the Messiah. And my prayer for me and for you this week is that we celebrate that God in Christ has come to us, Emmanuel, Jesus, the gift of God that brings us eternal life. Let us pray. Father, we thank you today for your word. Oh, Father, there are things we don't understand, but, Lord, we accept it because you are our great God. You are a miracle-working God. You answer prayer. You are with us in our troubled spirits. You tell us, don't be anxious. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Oh, Lord. I need that verse so much. And I thank you that it's for me and everybody in this building today. May we have a Christmas that is centered in the Messiah. And I make this prayer in Christ's name. Amen.